0: Hello, everybody. Whether you are a man or a woman, or whether you are an intelligent animal, such as a dog, you know, very clever dog, or really smart cat, or whether you are an extraterrestrial life form, or simply robot, regardless of your profession, a sportsman, writer, singer, doctor, or shop assistant, or cleaner, nurse, businessman, politician or simply alien, which is pretty much the same as the uh, previously mentioned politician, with the difference that uh, the aliens are not usually corrupted. Um, Whoever you are, welcome to another episode of The Next English Podcast. Welcome to the 41st episode of this podcast. This is a podcast for learners of English as a second language, which I have been running for more than half a year now. This is the second part of, hopefully, a two-part series, which I started only in uh, the previous episode, and it is called Funny Idioms. I actually suggest that you listen to the first part first, you know. Things should be done in logical order. You should follow some steps which uh, make some common sense. There is an expression in English language, first things first, okay? Um... In this episode, I'm going to tell you five more idioms related to um, entertainment. Well, actually, they don't necessarily have to be related to entertainment, but I actually consider these five idioms, which I'm going to tell you, funny. So, let's hope you find them funny as well. Otherwise, this would be a really fail by me, and the the selection of those idioms would be a failure. Um, about the structure of this episode, it is as follows. First of all, I'm going to tell you those five idioms and uh, kind of engage myself in a monologue discussion about how they can be used. Uh, then, I'd like to present you with uh, idioms which were suggested to me by uh, the members of Next Z- English Podcast Facebook group, including Luke from Luke's English Podcast, who also contributed and at the very end, if there is some time left, I'm gonna tell you a story which I created. It's kind of a half-fictional story. And in this story, the idea is that you will kind of revise all those nine idioms which I uh, intended to teach you in this two-part series. Let's hope I can make it in this, in this episode. Otherwise, I would have to create one more separate episode. So, without further ado... Let's get to it. The first uh, idiom of this episode is use your loaf. You won't probably know the origin of this idiom. Um, Most of the idioms are metaphoric. There is a metaphor and sometimes you can kind of guess how this uh, idiom originated. But in this particular case, in the case of the idiom use your loaf, uh, you won't probably understand uh, how this came to life, unless, unless you are familiar with Cockney rhyming slang. By the way, I'm sorry for that background sound. It came from Facebook. I'm gonna close it now because I don't want to be disturbed. Okay, and we are talking about using your loaf. I think I have probably used my loaf now, because I closed the Facebook. You know, I was thinking uh, I use my brain. So let me familiarize you with this idiom a bit. Um, everybody knows uh, what loaf of bread is, right? You eat it if you are hungry. Um, in different countries, actually, there are different notions of bread. You might not know this. Uh, The concept of bread, which you know, in your native country, might not be the same in various other countries. To be honest with you, when I went to England, you know, when I went to England about eight years ago, you know, I told you I spent there about 17 months. Of all the things, this was the one that I truly missed the most, the Czech bread, Uh, because in England... Uh, they have a different notion of bread, which is, from mm, my country's point of view, kind of more uh, like a toast bread. Our bread is harder, more solid, and tastier, much tastier. But of course, this is what the English might not think, because they have their own bread, and uh, our bread might not be tasty for them. Okay. Anyway, bread is usually considered to be an uncountable noun in English, so you can't really say two breads there is however a language means which you can use to count bread you can use something that is called a partitive to count bread you can say a loaf of bread and then you go two loaves of bread and three loaves of bread okay it's the same like if you talk about tea which is also uncountable you can say a cup of tea two cups of tea three cups of tea etc now um, Let's get to the idiom. We say a loaf of bread. As I said earlier, this expression comes from Cockney rhyming slang. Now, Cockney rhyming slang is uh, nothing dirty. It's just a slang of uh, Cockneys. And Cockneys are people who live in eastern part of London, the capital of United Kingdom. Generally speaking, East London is kind of a poorer area if you compare... Uh, this um, district with other places in London and uh, in the past let's say uh, the last century or the century before or so it was famous or I should rather say infamous for high rate of criminality and uh, there were a lot of thieves in this area a lot of poor people obviously who wanted to get out of their state of poverty which is understandable and what they did was they invented kind of a secret language code based on a rhyme. Obviously, the idea was that nobody would understand them every time they spoke about uh, some criminal stuff. Now, Cockney, if we speak about Cockney, it's not it's not just uh, words, you know. It's more complex than that. It's a dialect, so it has its accent, uh, sometimes a little bit different grammar rules usually grammar rules are violated so for example in cockney slang you say he don't or I don't know nothing you know so uh, this rhyming slang what is it about well it is about words which uh, nowadays in this cockney slang actually have different meaning than uh, what they originally meant and because cockneys are quite creative and uh, um, basically Funny people rhyming was made use of when they were creating the word, so how does this relate to our idiom to use your love now hat you know head it's part of your body situated at the top, kind of on your neck, unless you're a mutant uh, and you're supposed to use it for thinking. most of us uh, usually use it for thinking anyway, nonetheless. Some of us don't really use it, because uh, for some reason we prefer to be stupid. We enjoy behaving in a slightly retarded way. I think this podcast might sometimes be a living proof of this. Um, Anyway, the idiom use your loaf. Uh, You can say use your head, right? This is understandable. Uh, Think, for God's sake, use your head. Now, you head rhymes with a loaf of bread and this is what they say in cockney so they use one word head and it rhymes with another word which is totally unrelated bread and what they do is they say use your loaf of bread but because it gets too too long to say uh, actually they shorten it to just use your loaf i hope you understand it so use your loaf means Use your hat. Okay? And it is really used, you know, um, especially in London. Actually, Cockney slang and Cockney dialect, it's very interesting for linguists. Um, Really, it's studied widely and um, we studied it in cultural studies at university. Okay, so to give you an example of this idiom, for example, uh, you might be watching some TV show, you know, those quiz TV shows where there are, bunch of stupid contestants who compete for some ridiculous amount of money uh, sometimes it can be a bit higher though and uh, they usually make fools out of themselves some of them are even teachers they go to this show and of course because they are nervous they forget everything you might be watching uh, this show and just uh, doing the face palm. Every time those contestants try to answer a simple question, to which you, of course, know the answer, but they never do. So, you might be saying, oh my God, for Christ's sake, just use your loaf, you idiot. Uh, of course, you get a bit rude if you are comfortably sitting and lying down and curling up in your sofa, and uh, you're kind of in a safe environment, nothing is going to harm you, uh, those guys would probably want to retaliate or punch you um, if you told them face to face but because we are cowards we do this from our sofa well I don't because I don't have a TV so maybe some other people do might be saying use your loaf you idiot okay so this is idiom to use your loaf another idiomatic expression from my list here is to pull someone slack Now, I might have mentioned this idiom on this podcast. Sometimes I don't remember because I have recorded so many episodes that it's really hard for me to remember what I said in each of them. So, if this happens, I do apologize. But uh, anyway, at least you revise. So, to pull someone's leg. Now, to pull is a verb and it basically is the opposite of to push. To push means to move something or somebody in front of you, somewhere, Uh, whereas to pull means to move uh, this thing or person towards you, okay? Uh, You can literally pull somebody's leg, of course, but the question is, why would you? I mean, maybe zombies do this when they want to get to your uh, body and uh, feast on it, you know, because they are after some fresh meat some flesh so they pull your leg because they hunger for blood Um, humans they use the verb to pull when they pull a lever or a trolley or a wire or rope or when uh, for example a dentist pulls out somebody's tooth all in all um, literary Uh, This phrase doesn't really make much sense unless you kind of play games or tease somebody, you know. When you're children, you can pull somebody's leg. But uh, the intention is not to sort of break the person apart, you know. Uh, The person should remain in one piece. You don't want to tear the person apart, of course. The person should remain in one piece. Uh, It's just you're just playing games. What it really means, however, as um, because it's an idiomatic expression, it shouldn't be understood literally, and it has a meaning to it. And the meaning is when you tease somebody. To tease somebody means basically to make fun of someone, to make some kind of lighthearted jokes on the on the person's account. Uh, we do this to annoy friends, to irritate friends, but uh, we don't mean it in a bad way usually, it's part of some kind of banter or exchanging of uh, jokes or just, I don't know, just having fun and you feel good if you make fun of each other, unless it is really offensive or insulting, you know, okay, or, you know, When you pull someone's leg this can be part of a process called flirting i think you know what flirting is it's usually a man and a woman who have some kind of light-hearted conversation um, when they get to know each other or uh, sometimes flirting can uh, basically it can grow or develop into uh, harassment you know then it's getting a bit more serious but Flirting usually is innocent banter, and to pull someone's leg during fl- flirting is reasonable, I think. Right, flirting zombies might actually do it both ways, you know, both literally as well as metaphorically. Uh, could be interesting, a flirting zombie, can you imagine that, listeners, a flirting zombie? Oh, <laughs> you have really beautiful eyes. Oh, you have really nice flesh. I want to eat this fresh, fresh meat. Something like that. I don't know if I really sounded as a zombie. It would sound... Uh, I don't think it speaks, really. It's a bit too stupid for that, isn't it? All right, let me give you some uh, understandable example. I'm talking of my podcast. Someone... Uh, might want to wind me up a bit someone might want to uh, make fun of me and my podcast uh, maybe this person could say that my podcast has fewer fans and followers than the worst Czech singer Iveta She uh, she's really bad Czech singer so this is really an insult when somebody says this to, says this to you so this friend is saying this just to pull my leg you know so my reaction to this might be what are you kidding me are you serious Iveta Bartoshova has more fans than me no way mate you you are really stupid asshole I won't talk to you anymore you know bye and he says hold on hold on hang on wait I didn't mean to insult you I was just pulling your leg I, I would go what you're not pulling my leg. Uh, you're just touching my arm now. And he will go. Right, but this is an idiom, you know, you idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, it's an idiom. Uh, I remember now I was teaching it on, the next on, on my podcast in the f- 41st episode. How, cu- how could I have forgotten it? Unbelievable, yeah? Okay, so uh, to pull someone's leg basically means to uh, tease somebody okay so instead of telling a girl uh, you have beautiful eyes you can you can tell her you have icy eyes or something like that and she will go what what do you mean by that icy eyes because girls are always curious and touchy so well sorry that was a bit sexist but a lot of girls are like that come on uh sometimes even men what do you think then yeah sometimes sometimes they are yeah so I'll just say no, no, no. You have really beautiful eyes. Don't get me wrong. I was just pulling your leg, you know. I was flirting. Why well, shouldn't say to the girl that you're flirting to her? Because once you once you tell her that uh, the conversation you're having with the girl is flirting, uh, she will stop engaging herself in this conversation. She will just uh, uh, leave the conversation because uh, it's okay. It's it's okay apparently to flirt with her. But it's not okay to label it as flirting, you know. So that's it, okay? This is uh, to pull somebody's leg and its meaning. I hope you understand it. And I think this one is quite useful, actually. So try to use it first time you speak English. All right? There you go. The third idiom I'm going to tell you about in this episode is to have butterflies in one's stomach. To have butterflies in one's stomach. Actually, if you had a chance to listen to the previous episode number 40, you learned about some insects in pants. It was about ants in pants. Now, to have butterflies in one's stomach, it's, I guess, even harder to imagine than the ants in pants. As far as I know, people usually don't eat butterflies. Now, I've come up with my own list now. So, I think, A, it's because they're too cute for that. B, uh, although they certainly have some nutrition, nutritious value or protein, and in some cultures, obviously, insects are eaten, it doesn't really make you full. You would have to eat a lot of butterflies to uh, sort of be full. A handful of butterflies in your stomach... Won't do the job. It won't really make any difference. And C, they are really hard to catch because they fly. And uh, humans, as far as I know, as far as I'm concerned, humans don't. Um, I wonder if really pigs could fly, as we found out in the previous episode. Well, maybe they would be able to catch those butterflies and feed themselves, you know, but I don't think so because. Pigs are generally considered to be a bit clumsy or awkward. Well, what a surprise, listeners. This expression is not used literally because butterflies usually don't end up in our stomachs. This expression is an idiom. Um, And what does it mean? Well, it means to be nervous or excited about something. For example, before a date, you know... um, Before the first date, especially if it's a blind date because you don't know what you can expect really. So what happens is that you are uh, a bit nervous about it and at the same time excited. You are nervous about your performance. You are nervous about who is going to come to the date. If it's a a girl of your dreams or a girl who is beautiful as a picture or um, uh, someone who looks rather... uh, as if she was a witch, you know. Um, you never know, but uh, you have a mixture of emotion, like excitement and nervousness. So, the general rule is I think uh, not to have butterflies in your stomach too much, but if you have them a bit there, I think it's okay. Uh, it's actually desirable to have uh, a few butterflies in your stomach because, uh, you know, everything should be in balance. If you don't have any butterflies in your stomach, which means you are not nervous at all, you might uh, uh, give impression of being uh, someone too self-confident or something like that, which is not the best thing to do because you might, you might actually make your partner uncomfortable. But if you have too many butterflies in your stomach, uh, this could result in some disaster if we talk about some prospect of the relationship. Because you might say something really embarrassing. For example, uh, you're looking at the girl. This is your first date. The first sentence you say, basically, after you greet each other. And uh, you want to give the girl a compliment. I don't really think it's a good idea to start with a compliment anyway. But some guys, some dudes could do that. So, uh, you're looking at the girl. And uh, uh, you're looking at her boobs. Because your guy and that's what guys usually do right but uh, uh because you're well behaved uh, your intention is to actually praise her eyes so you're looking at her boobs and when you are giving the compliment you say i have to say you have really beautiful boobs oops i mean eyes okay so when you say something embarrassing like that uh, i don't know in 99 percent of cases uh a slap would uh, probably be the response to it. So, if if you act foolishly like this at a date, it might be because you have butterflies in your stomach or maybe you don't use your loaf enough, you know. Instead, you use your penis for thinking instead of your loaf. So And girls, you know, girls are really good at noticing this. That they have some kind of ultraviolet sensors which enable them to see the butterflies in your stomach you know so this is a a bit cunning device but uh, girls are very sensible to this sensitive to this I mean Uh, girls are sensible as well of course because they use their loaves not all of them anyway but most of them do right Uh, what am I talking about I should stop talking about these things, okay? Because it might be a bit ridiculous, all right? Of course, I get butterflies in my stomach, for example, before recording uh, episodes of the Next English Podcast. Sometimes during it, depends on how I feel that day, or uh, it depends on various uh, factors, actually, about the weather, maybe if the sun is shining, if I'm in a good mood that day, if or if I have on the other hand too much in my mind um, stressed and overworked and something like that so different factors influenced how many butterflies and if any there are in my stomach um, of course uh, I used to get butterflies in my stomach before exams you know at a university I think this is pretty much normal because everybody is afraid of failing and uh, uh, if even if you studied for the exam, you still are a bit nervous before it. You're worried that you might fail. So each of us has has a different way of dealing with this kind of stress. And my way of dealing with this stress has always been uh, to start making stupid jokes. Uh, Apparently, this is when I am funniest, for some reason, before exams. When I have uh, a few butterflies in my stomach, I kind of start making this situational sense of humor and uh, it really works it makes me feel better and uh, reduces the number of butterflies in my stomach it's a good tip but i guess it won't work for everyone because uh, we are all different okay so this is to have butterflies in one's stomach to be a bit nervous or excited about something now another idiom might actually appear to be a bit morbid uh, at first sight but it's not. The idiom is to flog a dead horse. To flog a dead horse. What does it mean to flog a dead horse? Well, to flog means to whip. Uh, whip to, um, you know. Imagine in medieval times, uh, horses used to pull uh, carriages, you know, and uh, uh, with people, maybe two horses, and and a jockey is holding reins, uh, and. Uh, sort of gives some orders to the horse, to the horses, in order to move the carriage. And uh, he also holds a whip, which is like an item which you use to uh, punish the horse if it doesn't uh, go fast enough. Uh, And of course, some animal rights activists might say that this is um, hurting the animals. I don't know. I'm not the one to decide, because some horse lovers would say maybe that uh, they like it. I don't really know. Uh, anyway, the, the idea is not to kill them with the whip. It's just to uh, make them move faster. So, if you flog a horse, it means you uh, hit the horse with the whip. Of course, to flog a dead horse uh, doesn't make much sense, does it? Uh, if the horse is dead, uh, it won't really help. You know. Moreover, if the horse is dead, it usually won't let you sit on it or it won't really move your carriage so why would a jockey uh, flog a dead horse v- doesn't make much sense uh, this is used as a metaphor of course and as a metaphor it is used to speak about dead matters of conversation about uh, things that are no longer uh, up to date or uh, i don't know topics which uh, no longer need to be talked about or Rather, which are pointless to talk about. It's used to talk about some matters which have already been dealt with, resolved, you know. Um, and new opening of this leads really nowhere. It's just a waste of time. So, let me give you an example. For example, uh, there is a girl which, uh, which you might have addressed once and asked her out. But uh, she refused you. This is what happens. So... Uh, refuse you uh, maybe because you are not good enough for her Uh, she's out of your league or she simply has a boyfriend or she doesn't want uh, you for whatever reason i don't know half a year passes and you uh, and you want to give it another go but you are not sure if it's a if it's a good idea so you basically ask your friend what he thinks about this and uh Your friend knows the whole situation. He knows what that girl thinks about you. She thinks that uh, you are not good enough for her, of course, or something like that. She might think that uh, you are not her type. And your friend will tell you, because it's an honest friend, will tell you that you are flogging a dead horse. That This matter is already resolved. The girl doesn't like you, man. Uh, Just... uh, so uh, you're barking up the wrong tree here. You should uh, do some. You should go for someone else, man. Okay, you're flogging a dead horse. And because he wants to make you feel better, he will tell you you are out of her league anyway. You know, she will regret it later. Something like that. Use your energy elsewhere. Okay, I can see that you are full of beans. So go and use your energy somewhere else, because here you are flogging a dead horse. You're trying to reopen the matter which has already been resolved. So this is what to flog a dead horse means. And the last idiom of today, I'd like to say the last but not the least, but this idiom might actually be the least favorite idiom uh, of them all. And um, I'm a bit questioning at the moment the decision to include it in those nine idioms. But anyway since it is already here let's do it Uh, i'm not sure about this idiom and its usage i'm not sure how much and to what extent it is used it might be a bit old-fashioned it might be uh, regionally bound might for example be used just in america but because i'm not a native speaker i can't really tell you i'm sorry you will have to ask a native speaker okay should i get to the idiom finally what do you think yeah i think i should so It's not over until a fat lady sings, or it ain't over until a fat lady sings. Well, fat lady is not something you want to see at a concert. A Fat lady is not uh, um, what you want to witness singing. Despite the fact that a lot of people, uh, a lot of people who are overweight are usually good at singing. Don't know why, by the way, but it is true. Um. It is still better and uh, more exciting to see a fit lady sing, especially if you are a man. You will enjoy her singing even more if there is something to look at, actually. The worst option is if the fat lady is singing with butterflies in her stomach, I guess. Um, Because those butterflies might actually hinder her from singing well. So butterflies in one's stomach um, is something uh, that if you are a singer, you would try to avoid. The expression "It ain't over until a Fat Lady sings" is used to say that something is not over yet, even if it looks like it is over. It's still possible to uh, turn it round. You know, for example, there is a football match, and uh, um, I don't know. It's, for example, Manchester United is playing against Liverpool. And, uh, and Manchester United are four goals up. It means the score is 4-0 uh, for Manchester United in the halftime. Uh, it must have been during Alexis Ferguson's times. Otherwise, this would be highly unlikely. And uh, so it looks like Liverpool is going to lose. Come on, four goals down. It's too much to take they are 45 minutes and in football anything is possible. But this looks really unlikely. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the manager, uh, because he needs to motivate his players, he has a halftime speech. He shouts at his players. He uh, uh, throws some things at them and he's trying to motivate them. It ain't over until Fat Lady sings, guys. So shape up or ship out. If you want to play for this team... We are Liverpool, we are someone, and you never walk alone, remember that. If you want to play here, you will have to work your asses off, something like that, okay? Actually, uh, it means that they mustn't give up, because they can even win this, even though the chances are quite low in this case, okay? So it's not over until a fat lady sings, means it's not over yet, so... You shouldn't give up. You might surprise yourself with the end product if you try hard, even if the chances are really low. Alright, that's it guys. Now I think, how much have I recorded? Over 30 minutes. Well, I don't know. I think I have to make a decision now. Should I continue recording and uh, tell you about all those idiomatic expressions? That uh, the group members of the Next English podcast send me uh, or s- send me in the comments and read you the story I created, or should I actually make one more brand new episode uh, about this? I don't know. Maybe I should flip a coin. Let's flip a coin. Okay. So uh, you have a coin. Doesn't matter what kind of currency it is actually this is a czech five crowns coin and what i'm gonna do i'm gonna flip it okay which means kind of throw it in the air and uh, obviously because every coin has uh, two sides it will uh, naturally land on one of these two sides okay so one of the sides is called a tail the the other one is called the head sometimes we play heads and uh, tails game we call it a heads and tails game all right so basically if uh, the coin lands as uh, heads uh, I, I promise i will record what i intended to record in this episode in a brand new episode 42 but if it lands as tail i will carry on recording and this episode is gonna be uh, Maybe one hour long. Something like that. It's my prediction anyway. So let's do it. Alright. I'm just... um, I'm just blowing at it for luck. And let's see what happens. Okay. So there you go. It's hats. And uh, I have to finish this episode now. Unfortunately. Uh, Or maybe fortunately for you. Maybe you are saying, at last, at last, this torment is over. Okay, but you can expect some more torment, some more ordeal in the following episode. And I think it's going to be a real treat. All of you who contributed to the Next English podcast, there has been five of you already, including Luke. And I am expecting some more, of course. There is no limit to it. So, if there are 20 of you, I will do it. So, those of you who write me idioms, it will feature in the next, in the following episode. And also the, so many times already here on this podcast, promised story, which I I have written for you. And uh, I'm going to read it and hopefully you will enjoy it because I'll try to make it interesting. Who knows, who knows what your taste is. Either way, it's gonna be half non-fictional and half fictional. I don't know what we can call it, if it's half fictional and half non-fictional. Semi-fictional, maybe. So, it's gonna be a semi-fictional story. And uh, that's it from me. Until next time, bye!